The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleiner. I want to invite you to listen to our show today. It is very exciting. We have our guest is going to be Igo Dai, a scientist. Igo has given his life to understanding climate and global dynamics. And he is with the Climate and Global Dynamics Division in the National Center of Atmosphere in Boulder, Colorado. We are going to learn more about what is happening with the power of water, our droughts, that may threaten more of the globe. Without better understanding, we all need to know what we need to know about the nature of how we're living with our health every day. Our second guest is going to be Larry Hoffman. He's a respected insurance agent, but interesting. He's host of his own radio talk about your health and your um, insurance that you're covering and the future of that, of what's going on with the national health care in the United States. I think we're going to have a very exciting show today. Now, I need you to know why I believe the power of water. Several years ago, when I decided to be a radio talk show host, that I wanted the power of water to be the story, the research and the education for you to understand. Throughout the world, we have had guests on our show that make this show one of the most exciting subjects about the global problems of water. Without water, there is no, no life, and without life, there would be eventually the planet Earth would not be probably there. It could become like other planets and other members of the solar system had happened. You can stand back, look at Earth as a, as a single person. Just take a, stand back and take a look at Earth. As if you're just looking at it the first time, Earth in the solar system has water. So the influence that Earth has in the whole solar system has got to be more than we've even been understanding or have studied. I want you to know that uh, to listen to this, to think about this, every child on earth deserves we, as people, mature adults, to give them free water. And I've had guests on the show that said free water for all children, free water for all people should be a goal for all of us. I was listening to the Bloomberg Report with Charlie Rose, is the host of his own show, and I was listening to KZ a musician, rapper, very successful businessman, estimated worth about a half a billion dollars, KZ is dedicating his life to the concerns of water. We could, the United Nations, we could go on and on and on, the people who are finding their life concerns of water. So today as we're learning more and you're thinking about the show 
and t- tell your friends about the show. Let's get more people more people to uh, understand. And I was just corrected. Jay-Z, the very famous musician, rapper, Jay-Z. I watched him talk about water, and he said that is his, his contribution, and he will give his life to that and money. But back to where we're at today, we're going to listen to our sponsor. Biologic Aqua Research Center is our sponsor, and uh, naturespharmafirst.com, and the product Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product in the world to supplement the surface of the eye that is 100% natural water. The tear film. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with I Go Dye. We'll listen to our sponsor and uh, with Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Today we have a very special guest. He's a scientist and he's with the National Center of Atmospheric Research in Colorado. I go die, are you with us? Yes. I want to thank you for joining us today. And um, if I should ever interrupt you, and uh, I do that once in a while when we're talking because I have a lot of questions, and I know I'll be asking questions that I know our audience are going to be very fascinated to learn. Tell us about you uh, and why you became a scientist in uh, in the climate and global uh, uh, research. Well, I I come to... um United States from China in 1990 to study uh, um, atmospheric science in, at Columbia University, and mm-hmm. I be- become increasingly. That's uh, in the early 90s. Uh, climate change becoming an uh, increasingly popular topic, so I basically switched from like a traditional meteorology to study climate and global change. Hmm. Well, you were right about the climate and our global situation all over the world. Our planet Earth is going through what's called from day one, the beginning of time, there was time changing. 
and you yeah. became fascinated with the time changing and uh, and understanding the, what our education and research should be in climate. Tell me why you chose climate. Well, I, yeah, I, I think climate uh, is becoming um, a global issue, and it's affecting uh, people's daily life. So I'm excited. I'm interested in like uh, changes in drought, in precipitation patterns. Those affect uh, people's daily life. So I, and also it's uh, I use my um, backgrounds in, uh, in education, education in uh, math and the physical science. So it's a, uh, it's a topic of I'm interested in and also have the background training to work in in it. So that's why I. Well, climate, the climate has been changing since the beginning of time, every moment of yeah. the day, hasn't it? And yeah. I think, the, don't you believe that I go, that you, that the, the um, how do I, do I pronounce it, your first name, or you, you want me to say I go? Yeah, I go is fine, yeah. Okay. I go, do you believe people are, uh, from all walks of life don't understand that Earth has been changing and the climate since the very beginning. Yes. And it's still changing, and it'll always change forever. What is it that you would like to teach our audience today about what you've been learning about the climate, the change of our global climate, and what is happening with the water issues? Because there is, there are some changes going on with water all over the world, which is a climate change. Teach us today what you think is happening with the climate change. Yeah, the Earth has a lifetime uh, about 4 billion years. And over that uh, course, the Earth's climate has changed a lot. But in the existence of human beings, uh, mostly uh, for the last few tens of thousand years, the climate has been negatively stable. For the last 10,000 years, the climate has been negatively stable in a warm, relatively com- uh, compared to past Actually, warm climate, but for the last couple of hundred years, it has been changing very, very fast compared to past change in rate. So that's the I think most scientists, climate scientists, worry about. People, human beings have been changing the Earth's climate at a very, very fast pace. So most ecological systems and uh, species cannot adapt to such a fast changing pace, specifically very fast warming of uh, surface temperatures and also uh, big changes in rainfall patterns as well as uh, a drought stream flow uh, change patterns. So that's, that's uh, the key issue about the global warming and the change. It's not that the Earth's climate has not changed in the past, it's the changing pace uh, induced by human activities, that that concerns most scientists. Mm-hmm. Now, have you? No, we're. You mentioned something that has been part of my research for over forty years: is that with the nature of our Earth, we as humans have to learn to live with that nature flow. Right. We haven't been learning enough on how to live with the Earth, with its changes, with our personal health issues. Um, and no, when we came to uh, to that delivery room and a new baby is born, they left a pocket of water, and they're living in a drought from the moment they're born. But people have not been living on Earth, thinking about the food and 
drinking enough water and protecting water for all life on Earth by making sure that we're eating the right food, nutrition, to slow down the dehydration of our own body drought. The body is going through a drought. Earth is going through a drought. Time is going forward. There's so much to learn. Now, when you've been studying the, uh, the drought, let's get into the water. What are you learning is happening to the water on our Earth, the planet Earth? Yes, a um, um, couple of years back, we published a paper, a research article on the uh, changes in global um, river flow, like a stream flow from out of mm-hmm. uh, Mississippi, out of Columbia River, mm-hmm. around the world. We found what we found is that uh, over many of the densely populated populated areas like Southeast Asia, uh, Africa, and Mediterranean region, mm-hmm. uh, many rivers have been decreasing uh, their flow levels. That means uh, there have been a um, decrease in the freshwater resources for those regions. So, uh, as you know, many people, many regions uh, already. I experience uh, increased water stress, and because of the increase in population, and of course if, uh, that's affecting the aquifers below the river. Right, right, water. and right. So if uh, the natural uh, flow rate is actually decreasing, uh, in co- combined with the increased demand from the higher, larger population, uh, many of these regions are going to see a, a much greater severe shortage of water. In the coming decades, so that's so another. For aquifer, right. uh, it's so important, important for agriculture because we we have to eat. Right. And we're we're learning now that fresh vegetables and 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 lettuce and spinach and corn and all the uh, the agricultural grown foods are better for us. And we're finding out that maybe in time they won't be able to grow them because there won't be enough fresh water. Right. And uh, not just the agriculture going to have huge impact uh, in that field, but just the for domestic uh, wa- uh, use of water in many right. regions, uh, it can become uh, increasingly difficult. Concerning, very concerning. Uh, what is your thinking on? Have you ever decided in your research what might be done? What What are people going to do to become part of this uh, cause? Uh, to understand uh, what could be done for the future, because we don't want anything, we don't want in 100,000 years Earth to ever be gone. We want Earth to be here forever if yeah. we can. What is your th- what is your research team been learning that must be done? Yeah, I, well, as a scientist, we try to communicate and educate the public as part of a job uh, about uh, what happening in the climate global research field. And uh, uh, from what I talk, from my experience of talking to ordinary people around us, uh, I think uh, many people have become increasingly concerned about uh, global warming, and uh, they want to do uh, something like uh, high school or middle school kids. They email me about uh, what are, uh, in their science project, uh, what uh, ordinary people should do to. Um, slow down the global warming. I think uh, we should, first of all, we should realize that there could be a severe consequence if we do not, if we do nothing to slow down global warming pace. It's uh, happening. 
uh, and the human being has been a significant contributor to the recent uh, warming. And uh, all the models, all the researchers uh, uh, suggest that this warming will likely continue into coming decades. So uh, we need to start really thinking uh, seriously about the uh, uh, change of um, energy consumption uh, structure, try to uh, save energy, uh, save water, and also uh, ask our policymakers to uh, uh, adapt uh, new uh, policies to encourage uh, saving of energy and uh, more, uh, new uh, renewable energies, solar energies, wind energies. So, uh, I go. I want to ask you something. Um, in other parts of the world, when in Africa and other in China and different countries have not taken serious the protection of the water, what well, is the I, influence? For example. Um, the uh, National Geographic just did a story just this last week on the Yellow River uh-huh. in China. And China has, uh, with the enormous population and enormous growth of industry and, and all, um, what is China going, what does that atmosphere in that part of the world do to the atmosphere in other parts of our world? Because it's so polluted. And then over yeah. in Africa, they're, they're really seriously have no water, right. and uh, they're having uh, species that are being endangered, not only human, but animals of all kinds, that you go over to a country like China that is so polluted, and then we find out the Yellow River is going to be in, uh, uh, gone. I mean, there's not going to be, well, there is no river. They can't even use it from what National Ge- Geographic said. Yeah, it's going to be um, instinct. In other words, what is what does a scientist like yourself think about what that is doing to the atmosphere of our planet? Um, well, I originally come from China, and I have been visiting China on a daily, on a yearly basis, and I know the air pollution and environmental uh, uh, problems is uh, really severe over that part of the region, and the Yellow River has. Becoming, I think, uh, the yellow liver reflects uh, to a large extent the long-term climate change over northwest China in that part of particular region. Uh, like three, three or five thousand years ago, that that region has been very uh, good agricultural region, very uh, much more precipitation. In the last couple hundred years. That particular region has become much drier historically, and I think uh, partly that's a natural climate long-term changes. But uh, human activities uh, have, I think, uh, to a large extent, have amplified such a change from uh, moist uh, climate to a dry, uh, not suitable for agricultural region. So. Uh, that's part, I think that's for yellow liver, partly natural climate change, partly human-induced. Uh, well, very, it sounded like what, uh, what National Geographic was saying. And with your scientific background and concerns of the global climate and droughts and, and concerns of our health, is the influence of, of uh, different pla- uh, continents on the rest of the world 
are very should be researched. And what could a, what could the world do to uh, give uh, China the assistance with research that the Yellow River, for example, is so the deposits that are so uh, it's so unsanitary and is not it's it's um, if it if its levees should ever have another flood it'll be a very serious contaminating problem yeah um i think china um they have been uh, trying to a uh, large project to use water draw water from like a yangtze river to the south and mm-hmm. uh, to 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 draw water from the south to the north part, north part like a uh, beijing area so the drinking water, they're trying to solve that by using um, water from the south and rivers. Um, uh, residents in the north, northwest China has been using, digging uh, ever deeper, uh, deeper in the wells mm-hmm. to, uh, for their drinking water, even for agriculture. How, how far down do they have to go with a well for drinking uh, water? I think uh, uh, at least 100, 150 meters. Mm-hmm. into the um, ground. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, uh, that's nearly a big, big issue in mm-hmm. that part of country, northwest China. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, as I said, it's partly natural, partly human uh, induced change. But uh, um, you mentioned the air pollution in China, East China. It's a huge problem over there. So the Chinese government, I think, they try to push uh, some uh, clean energy like solar, wind, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a slow process because... You know, the, um, I go, we're going to take a moment. I don't want you going anywhere. We're going to be right okay. back. We have to listen to our sponsor, and we're All going right. to come back, and you can teach us some of the things you've been learning that can be done on um, or around the world that would get people involved. And okay. learning more, but uh, you're this is a, you're teaching us a lot, so don't go anywhere. We're going to okay. listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed, and we'll be right back with I Go Die. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. 
Iko, I wanted to ask you, uh, we were starting to talk before we took our moment there with our sponsor about some different, the, the different wind fans for energy that you were suggesting. Is there anything that has been studied uh, at all, any evidence or discoveries about what the fans could do for the pollution of the air and changing maybe the temperature of the air and keep it flowing when there's so much pollution in the air? You mean uh, the wind, uh, uh, yes, the the wind, wind, uh, wind farms from like a wind yeah, farm? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some uh, modeling uh, studies uh, suggesting there might be a little bit uh, local effect on, on the climate, but globally I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the climate. Uh, obviously there, there might, might be like an um, increase um, to the local uh, weather patterns a little bit also maybe change the mixing of air pollutants mm-hmm. locally. Uh, so for the residents of London, like wind farm, they might see uh, certain changes uh, in terms of uh, um, air pollution and in terms of uh, wind uh, winds. But I don't think it's it's a big problem on a regional. Well, the reason or I mentioned it is the temperature of our atmosphere is changing. Right. And the temperature and the temperature of water is changing. Am I wrong? Uh, some parts of the world, yes, uh, the, the stream water changes slightly, but it's much uh, at a much smaller magnitude. Because the, the temperature of water has a lot of influence on the atmosphere. Yes. So what I'm saying is, is in my studies is if the atmosphere is changing the temperature of water and the water is evaporating way too quick um, and the rains come down, the precipitation comes down, but the rain is also evaporating very quickly and it isn't absorbing into the earth the way it should. And uh, most of the fresh water is going to the ocean. The aquifers are not filling up as much as we would want them to. So with all of this temperature of the water, temperature of the atmosphere, temperature of the water have a lot to do with a drought and different all over the world. And then we have parts of our world that are having extreme pollution in the air, which is causing a very death-threatening, a life-threatening problem in the rivers being so polluted. Yeah, uh, you. I think you brought up a very interesting uh, topic uh, related to the global warming because uh, many people think of global warming, they might just think of an uh, increase in temperatures. And uh, in fact, uh, the, I think uh, the largest impact of global warming will be related to the water, as you mentioned. Uh, so there, you, you mentioned that the, uh, the cycling of water between the atmosphere and the uh, Water surface like ocean, lakes, uh, land, land surface. You are right. When uh, there is an increase, like in ocean surface temperature, uh, near surface temperature increase over the oceans, there will be increase in the evaporation rate, and that basically translates into a similar increase in precipitation rate. But right. if but uh, for a given amount of precipitation falling on the soil surface. Uh, if the surface is hotter, uh, there will be more uh, higher fraction of the precipitation get evaporated into right. the air. 
So the soil may become even drier, even uh, at a higher temperature climate. So uh, that, that's indeed uh, a concern for a global uh, water cycle. So the new study we published uh, last few months uh, actually dealing with this specific uh, potential that uh, future drought might become more uh, widespread, more common uh, because of exactly because of the increased evaporation and uh, warmer temperatures. I'm going to ask so, you a question, and I've been studying this, and it, everything is a study. If we st- got back on Earth to me- every, every possible location that we could have agricultural tilling of the soil and get back to growing massive uh, uh, acres, miles of, of, of agriculture tilling the soil and getting into what they have you studied organic farming. They t- it takes less water. Right. We've had a science, uh, we had a, no, we had an organic farmer that had been in uh, organic farming for four years, uh, four generations back in South Dakota, and they only get four inches of rain a year, but they have an enormous amount of acres that are tilled up with seasons. Mm-hmm. And they learned how to uh, work with the farming organically uh, by the way they till the soil and keep it rotated and what they put into the soil as they rotate with hay and whatever it might be. Right. Would, would it be possible? I'm, I'm, having, I, I'm going to ask you a question. If we got into more org- organic farming all over the world, would that help the, help the atmosphere to hold the moisture into the soil rather than having the soil get so hard? The, um, the atmosphere get, uh, think about this, the global atmosphere get most of its uh, water, uh, water vapor content from the evaporation over the open oceans. Right. Two-thirds two of the global surface is the ocean. So um, that uh, means, um, um, obvious, but on the other hand, the evaporation from land actually also contribute a significant uh, fraction to precipitation we receive over land. Mm-hmm. So it does uh, surface land surface uh, properties changes does affect uh, precipitation rate over land. But mm-hmm. I think uh, yeah, what are you suggesting? Uh, well, I'm thinking uh, the soil. You don't want it to become. Well, you don't want the surface of the, our our earth, the soil, to become hard, and um, to where the the precipitation. Uh, that comes down the rain, or, you know, like I've had uh, one of the heads of NASA on, they were saying how there's always that fluid of moisture in the air we don't see called humidity. Right. Th- that fluid, and we need that to live. We need the, uh, the moisture in the air at all times, I yeah. go, to live as an organism on this earth. If there's no moisture in the air, we would die. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so what I, what I had suggested there with study, I'm curious, that if we got into by far more agriculture, uh, planting crops and, and our foods and, and get into more tilling the fields and, and throughout the world and keep the, would that add to a temperature change in the atmosphere with an influence of when the w- w- rains come down, that the rains then could fill into the aquifers, not run off to the ocean. We don't, we don't want the ocean to get any larger we would like our fresh waters to be more abundant. Yeah. Am I yeah, wrong? 
Yeah, no, I, I think you're thinking uh, uh, in an interesting uh, direction because if we change like uh, land cover, like by planting more agriculture uh, mm-hmm. uh, crops, it's in many cases it can hold the water a little longer. Right. And uh, re- redu- uh, reduce the surface temperature uh, compared to the bare soil because uh, it's going to uh, get harder fast. So uh, in that sense, it can change the local climate a little bit. Uh, and well, also it begin to influence it a little bit. Right. And everything influence takes time and influential right. time, and and then and then you go other to, uh, other worlds, of like over in China, and begin to be, do organic farming and starting to produce so that when any rains are are encouraged rain, and then uh, it goes down into the aquifers and begins this recycling of. Now those polluted rivers and other um, around the world. I don't know what you do with polluted water. Uh, tell us what would a country do with polluted water that gets as extreme as the Yellow River? What do they do with that water? Those, uh, 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 I think it, they have to. If they want to use that water, like for drinking or kind of uh, domestic use, they have to like go through a, nearly a series of treatment of the water, right? Uh, maybe they can use most of the case. I think I use for uh, agriculture uh, irrigation. Oh, they so, could, uh, yeah, because they can't use it for anything until they get it clean. And how many years would it take and money to get it clean? Because uh, in other parts of the world are going through. Uh, maybe the Yellow River is probably one of the worst in the world, but but in our country of America, we're having challenges, and we're trying to get more proactive about those China challenges. But here I was reading in some of your information that there could there is a severe drought predicted to grip the globe by 2040. Well, it sounds like it's a long time away, but it really isn't. It's only 30, it's only 29 years away now. No, it's uh, uh, actually happening, I think, in many parts of the world. Uh, the U.S. has been, in my opinion, has been very fortunate for the last uh, uh, 50 years also, uh, because of it, there, a, there was a natural climate cycle going on, which induced uh, above normal precipitation over much of the central years, including the Mississippi River. But that cycle starts to turn around, and uh, the global warming impact of a drying uh, uh, condition could uh, be felt maybe in uh, 10 years, 20 years. Uh, definitely by the middle of the century, if the model predictions are right, then uh, there will be severe consequences if uh, nothing uh, changes from now to then as a business as usual. Well, here in America, we are so fortunate to have the most gorgeous uh, mountains and hills and trees and planting yeah. trees, and we've gotten, but we need more of that. We need that all over the world. We need encouragement of planting trees, and, and I've had a guest on here, Jerry Barnes, who's a genetic specialist, and he goes into different parts of the world and helps them grow their trees with a particular uh-huh. pine cone seed that will grow faster, and, and that's what we need all over the world. We need a, that Jerry Barnes and his company to go all over the world and encourage growing trees. Yeah, the growing more trees, uh, people have proposed that as a way to... Uh, absorb uh, carbon dioxide from the atmosphere to reduce uh, the global warming rate. So green trees are definitely... And cl- wouldn't, uh, it, wouldn't it also, we're out of time, I wish we had more time with you, but 
wouldn't that also encourage a cleaner air? Yeah, definitely. Have many, and, temper- uh, and a temperature change. A temperature yes. change. And um, I, we learned a lot. Thank you. Um, okay. You keep up that work. Don't you ever back off. We need this, we need this globe here forever. Well, I I'm, uh, appreciate Tan uh, on this show, and I appreciate your work trying to educate the public about uh, environment uh, problems. So thank you. Thank you. You have a very special season coming up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, the world has a fascination, and when you study nature as long as I've studied nature, it's like anything else. When you look at any human being, you look at the droplet of water on a leaf or you look at the moment of time when you get up in the morning to remind yourself nature is time time is began at the beginning and and like the uh, the uh, the doctor of medicine and science hippocrates believes that if you couldn't learn anything about our globe you couldn't learn anything about the individualities of life unless you learned about the nature first. It's so important. And the nature of our earth, we must all study together. And this is what I want, the Sharon Klein Hour. The power of water is, is the life on earth. Let's study it together. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we're going to be back with Larry Hoffman, who will be teaching us something about, uh, he has his own radio talk show, about your health and the insurance of your health, your health care. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist. It's the only product that will moisturize the eye all natural with tissue culture grade of water to support the supplement of the tear film, which is at the surface of the eye. We'll be right back with Larry Bossman. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Larry, are you with us? I am, Sharon. Well, thank you for joining us. This is one of my favorite topics, Larry. Um, Way back in time, I'm 69 years old. I decided I wanted to study what is happening to our health and the outlook of it. Mm-hmm. And I started out with stress. 
And next thing I knew, I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research, millions and millions of dollars invested later, uh, coming uh, understanding of the, of the drought of the earth, but in other words, the drought of our bodies causing stress. In other words, water and body. Uh, our, our body is the water that we hold, yeah. each of us. And then all of a sudden I found myself with this radio talk show concerning myself with nature's pharma first. In other words, have you learned to be more proactive with the nature of who, who you are? You could save your life, but also an enormous amount of precious money that goes out to, could go out to other uh, directions of your life. And then in the last couple of years, we're, Larry, you're at a time of history with your radio talk show and all that you're doing in your insurance business of being trying to get people more proactively involved with their everyday health issues and get a business plan together. I, and now I just put some words in your mouth, but <laughs> get a business plan, everybody, about what you want to do with your everyday person you are. Yes. A- am I wrong? Absolutely correct. You know, you... Um, I came from an insurance, my grandfather uh, had an insurance company for until he died. And um, I looked at it back, uh, way back in time, how it was, can you imagine being a pioneer uh, uh, during World War II, after World War II, getting people to think about that. And here we are, Larry, with all of your years' experience. Uh, my, I've been in healthcare as long as I can remember, and now in research I bring in physicians and scientists from all over the world. And we're at a time of life at the most important time to get people to understand what proactiveness might be that they might listen to for a change. I, I personally believe they're <laughs> wanting to hear it. Absolutely, Sharon. You know, I mean, look, we are, we are throwing so much money at health care. We're constantly throwing money at health care, but what we haven't done is addressed what the real underlying issues of health care is the rising costs, and until we do that, we're never going to control the rising premiums. Exactly. And, Larry, you know, you're, yes, and can I share something with you, and I want sure. you to take on. Um, I evaluated that through my period of years, and then all of a sudden I noticed, well, they're all publicly held, and publicly held investors don't give a darn. If you can't get to the, nurse, uh, to the delivery room or to the emergency or your doctor and pay the bill, they won't trade and buy stock in that publicly held company. They want to make money. Yes. They may want to make as much money as a publicly held company they can for their investors. And yes, we came along, yeah. Larry, and then all of a sudden, in the last two to three decades, we had retirement plans that were 401Ks, retirement um, monies that are going into investing out of paychecks by the enormous amounts. And I may sound like I'm exaggerating, but I don't think I am by trillions of dollars all over the world a year. Yes. And going into trading in big time in insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Now, the premiums are going up. Everything is getting out of hand. People are getting much more calloused about whether you stand outside their delivery room and whatever or your emergency room. Now, we're very open to people who don't live here and have any participation to get sure they're taken care of. But we have citizens that live in our country that have been, for all their life, been paying toward living here in this country, and their health is now becoming jeopardized because all of a sudden everybody says, we cannot afford this any longer, and we have more people without health insurance than ever in history because they're out of a job. That's true. 
Tell us what they can do, Larry. Okay, well, Sharon, let's look at it like this. Uh, On the good side with health care reform, on the positive side, 45 million people that don't have health insurance will be able to get health insurance. People that have pre-existing conditions will be able to get health insurance without the concern that the condition they have would be excluded. Children, children now up to age 26 will be able to remain on their parents' health insurance policies. That's fantastic for that college student, especially who when they, uh, after age 22, coming off of a group health insurance plan, attending college, kids with limited budgets, and then if they get sick or hurt, they had no ability to cover these things. I think it's a great thing that children can stay on the plans. We're, we're going to reduce the caps. Now um, help me for a second mm-hmm. because our audience, living in the United States of America, although we have audiences all over the world with this, but uh, tell me, where are you pr- coming from? On When you say, is it the health insurance companies or are you wanting the national health care plan? Well, I actually am not in favor of the national health insurance okay, plan. Okay, I wanted to get our audience I am, to I am however, in favor of some of the things that it's trying to do. So, again, the good things are, as I was saying, being able to add children to age 26, no caps on coverage, and, oh, boy, no so longer pending health insurance policies. Now, Larry, the, are you thinking that the health insurance po- companies are going to be more proactive to uh, get people better educated about what will be available with their own health insurance plan without having to have the government tell you what to do? Sharon, in reality, I think what's going to happen over time is that we're going to all fall into a universal single-payer health care system. When we look at the way health care is going to be set up under health care reform, insurance companies in the future are not going to be able to sustain this. They're not going to be able to continue to stay in business, earn the profits they need to earn, and still be able to pay for our health care expenses. That's the problem. I really believe what we're doing right now is eating the elephant one bite at a time until nobody's participating in health insurance and we're going to have a single-payer system. That's where I believe it's going in the future unless we do some things to control costs and what's driving the cost of health care. I agree. Insurance companies are in there to make a profit. I'll tell you what, though. If I've got a half a million dollars in medical bills or more, I want them to be able to make a profit because I want them to be able to pay for my health care claims. Right. So I don't have a problem with anybody making a profit in any industry. Now, the one thing I'm going to bring up, what you just said, I, it always, I, I was talking to a young man about two to three weeks ago, and I never understood and never knew this, but he, when he was 19, was diagnosed with um, colon cancer. Yes. And uh, then they thought he might even have the beginning of Crohn's. Okay. Well, he was a young man away from home, not living at home anymore, and his medical expenses got up to over $300,000 over no time within seven years to try to stay alive. Absolutely. And where I'm coming from here, Larry, is we got to do this again with you and I. Um, I'm coming from this side of it. I don't want to see the government control the destiny of the hospitals and the doctor's practices. They can't control even a business plan. I don't expect them. In fact, Larry, I think you need to know in the audience, the government here in the United States, operated without a business plan. 
you could you run your business without a plan? Not at all. Uh, I have to write a business plan. Now, do we go by page by page? And we, it's a roadmap. Mm-hmm. You do not say, let's just pass this plan and we'll read it after it's done. Now, well, exactly. we know I think Nancy those Pelosi were the exact that. words of Nancy and Pelosi. We have you, to pass the bill. Larry, you probably passed out being in the business you're in. Oh, no, no, no. We want to read this. This yes. is so important to the life and death of our whole society and culture of America. Don't ever get anything in front of anybody that you wouldn't understand how to represent it. Absolutely correct. And it, it, there's, there's, this is life and death. There, you know, it, it, it's, it, we all understand that there are some things that are broken. We well, all that's understand part of the, that. I that's the exciting part about being alive and trying to solve obstacles. Yes, exactly. You are, Sharon, you, you are 100% correct. 100% correct. And we all understand there's some things that need to be fixed. But overhauling the entire system is not necessarily the answer. Oh, no. In fact, you wouldn't want to overhaul it. That's what a business plan is all, a plan is all about, is you model a plan with a phase to phase to phase. You do not take a human life and bring it to – the baby doesn't come out at that delivery room and knows how to do anything but do a cry. And then all of a sudden you teach the baby to control the cry and learn how to crawl. And that's, that's everything about nature and life, Larry, is learning it as you go and, and you keep changing things as you go. But you don't think there's one way for everyone or one way for all. So why um, should there be a one-size-fits-all on health care? It can't be, Larry. And, and, and it's just, and I have been in, you have been uh, involved in concerning yourself with people's lives and wanting them to want to live and being proactive about learning more as much as they could about their health and their individualities of wanting to live and be healthy. And you want them to have health insurance because we do have those unexpected things happen. And I have to tell you, when I recently, I was, I've really been really busy, and I had a little health issue, and, and I put it off. And my doctor said, I'm not, she's not going to be in her office that particular day to go over to one of these emergency health clinics uh, that's down in the shopping center. I said, Ellen? I said, <laughs> and she said, no, go. And then all of a sudden, I looked up where it was, and Larry, I said, you know, this is going to be fun. I want to learn what this is all about. So I got over there, and Larry, it was almost like I walked into something. I said, oh, my gosh, this is such a nice place. And I said, this is very nice in here. Everybody was so nice. And I said, oh, you're so nice. And Larry, it was so amusing. And here comes the doctor, and he says, I said, you're, oh, you're so nice. <laughs> and they probably thought I lost my, I was a fruitcake. But, you know, we're learning that there's places to go when you have a question. You want to be able to afford it. And uh, but they never uh, they treated me so nicely, and I concerned myself with why didn't I get there sooner? But Larry, we've got to you and I and everybody like you and I that are in the job of getting people to be proactive about their health every day as their feet are moving on the ground. We need to learn how to sleep. We need to learn how to eat. We need to drink eight to ten glasses of water, and I hope you are, Larry. I I am, and and Sharon, I'll I'll share this with you. Many years ago, I had had a kidney stone. Uh Uh-huh. My urologist asked me, and I live in Arizona, and we dehydrate here pretty quickly. Yeah, you do. You're in a desert. And uh, I came over from Chicago, and I didn't understand that, and he talked to me about water. 
<laughs> and I'm going to share with you, water is what saved me. It allowed me to eventually pass the stone and never have another one. It was the most painful experience I ever had in my life. But water, it's like a saying. There's a thing out there that says, we need water to replace ourselves. In other words, you came from the pocket of water to the delivery room. Back to you and your okay. show. You have a show that's dedicated to health care reform. Tell us what your goals are with it. Well, I started my show. I'm an independent insurance advisor. And, and as I was meeting with, with prospective clients and reviewing their coverages, I sometimes would scratch my head and I would wonder why did they take this avenue? Why did they go in this direction? Uh, what kinds of advice were they being given? Was that advice being driven by some agent's commission? And now there's a lot of really good agents in the business. There are some that perhaps aren't aware, uh, aren't, aren't as educated as they should be. And I thought I wanted to become an advocate for people. I wanted to help people. It's why I'm in the business in the first place. And that's when I decided and uh, thought of the idea of the radio show, created that. It's an advocacy program to help people navigate that maze of insurance, avoid mm -hmm. the scams and the ripoffs. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, here we are with health care reform. I, mm -hmm. I, I, it's a matter of educating people. Mm -hmm. There is a better way. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's the purpose of my radio program. Wonderful. How long have you had it on the air? We started about October of 2007 mm -hmm. and uh, been going ever since. Yeah, we, we started in um, March, and uh, uh, I've done the same thing with the power of water and the rest of the world. Uh, we only have a minute left. Let's get, let you leave with a message to your audience. Well, a, a message to my audience, I guess, would be this. In fact... Let me, let me share this. Uh, this was in the, and I know I have it here in front of me, in, in, in Sacramento. They were talking, of, it was the Sacramento Bee, and this was just out the other day. In California, hospital prices jumped 150% since 2000. We have to address the fact that health care expenses are extremely high what's driving health care expenses and when we address that we're going to be able to lower premiums for everybody and control health care no wonder insurance premiums are going up yeah. it's not just yeah. the greedy evil insurance companies there's a reason prices are going up right well we've got to get more proactive and be concerning and be educated about our what our needs are for our own personal health. Absolutely. Now we can go to www.yourinsurancematters.com. Yes. And Larry Hoffman has well, a Boffman radio talk a, show in Arizona. Yes, and that Sharon that's with a B, Boffman. Boffman. Yes. I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, well, let's do this again, because I'm sure there's going to be some subjects coming up in 2011 that we're going to want to discuss, Larry. I would love to do it. Well, thank you for joining us. Well, today. you're have welcome. A wonderful congratulations with your show. You're doing a great job. Thank you. You are, too. Thank you, Sharon. Okay, have a wonderful season. You, too. Bye. Bye. Well, both of our uh, guests today, as usual, I've said the guests make this show. And I want you to understand that the power of water on the world, in the world is the issue of the show. We concerned as those 5,000 children dying a day all over the world because they don't have water. 
And we had somebody on the show recently who said, I asked him, what would you do if you could tweet to people around the world about water? He said, free water. And then we just had Larry Bossman say that water saved his life uh, with a, a kidney stone. It was very painful, and the doctor said he wasn't drinking enough. Then we had Anglo, Ang, I Go Die, a scientist on today, who said the waters of the world could be saved if we learned how to maybe get more involved in the planting of trees and understanding better education about the atmosphere and the temperatures and what is there. And I brought up the Yellow River because the National Geographic recently brought to my attention and the world we have a river in China that is out of control, polluted, and people are dying in the river. They literally jump into the water to commit suicide because the water is so contaminated. So let's stop and think together. Let's join together and save those 5,000 children a day. Let's think about a motto of the world having free water. And maybe we could make the environmental issue water first, and then everything would come as a plan together. I want to thank you for listening. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life. But Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye because you're going to leave something behind for all of us also forever. Have a nice day and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinerHour.com.